Welcome to Be The Light with Pastor Zekia Robinson. In this show, I'm speaking with Pastor Shelley, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. In this show, he talks about his journey to salvation and also answers some Q&A. So let's tune in because this is a show you don't want to miss. Welcome, everybody, to Be The Light Show today. I'm so excited about today because I have the hugest opportunity to speak with Pastor Yaquez Shelley. Um, I want to have the first I have to tell you about him. OK, he is a pastor out in Atlanta at the Hand of the Lord International. He has this church. And um, right in time when I was um, meeting my husband, I came to his church one day and it was on my birthday and I shared this with him um, last week that this is the church I got saved at y'all. This is where my transformation started. And I want to say because like so many times you go to a church and you do not hear or feel the presence of God that I felt there. And um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know exactly what the feeling was because I was still sinning. I was still doing things I had no business doing. But the message that came forth, I was like, this is different. What is this that I'm feeling on the inside? Why is my body shaking? Not realizing I had spirits in me at the time, too. So they didn't like me being at your church. But it was just so much that was going on. But I had this overwhelming feeling like I have to get to the altar. I have to ask for forgiveness and I have to give my life over to God. And I remember when. You know, I wasn't going to get up because it was a lot of people there. OK, so I felt embarrassed, like everybody's looking at me. You know, I think that's what a lot of people go through is everyone's looking at me. And you made that last call and you was like, this is the last call. And you were like, you know, some of you are feeling like this. And you started to explain exactly what I was feeling on the inside. I said, OK, I'm going to get up. I'm up there. I one sobbing, crying. I was like, this is so embarrassing. My soon to be husband wasn't even we wasn't even thinking about marriage at that point, seeing me cry. So I was embarrassed at that. But it was like at that point, I didn't care. But um, this is a huge opportunity to, to speak with you. And I want to say thank you for saying yes to this. So welcome, Pastor Shelley. Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Pastor Robinson. Yes. So I want. I'm going to say Zach Yes, that's fine. <laughs> and I wanted to um, ask you, like, just tell us a little bit about your journey, because I've heard a little bit about like how, um, you know, you kind of came about just by listening to your different sermons and being present for that. But you have a wife, you have, I believe, five kids. And wow. yes. And then you have two grandchildren. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Actually, before today over with, I have a third one that's on the way. So the mom is uh, between eight and nine centimeters. So as soon as we finish, I'm heading to the hospital to, to grab that uh, second granddaughter that she coming to. Wow. Day. Wow. Congratulations. Um, and so tell us a little bit about your journey and like, how did you know you were called? Like, what were some different things that you have went through that made you realize like, OK, I'm, I'm called to, to pastor? So uh, actually, the first time I can remember hearing that is uh, nine years old. Um, we went to an Easter service and the structure of the church that after the service over with, I guess they could have been deacons or ministers. They were lined up. And so everybody went by shaking their hand and a guy grabbed my hand. and He said, um, you know, you call to ministry. And I said, what? And, and I, you know, moved my hand from him. my cousin behind me. And I was nine years old at the time. They said, "What you? What he say?" I said, "He told me I'm um, no, called to call to uh, preach or something like that." And I said, "He's my call to preach," and we laughed. But that always stuck with me. Mm. Um, looking looking back at it, uh, I can say my whole life I've led. 
um, as we talked about my name, my name is Yaku, it's African descent. It, it means uh, strength, boldness, leader. So my whole life I've always led. Um, I remember being in plays at school. I, I think I was probably in the second grade and we had a big Christmas play. And all the kids were crying because of the crowd. They was nervous and stuff. And I was the only one that didn't cry to the point where the teacher was telling me to encourage them not to cry. But I couldn't understand, like, why y'all crying? And I was opening the curtain. I was pointing people's parents out. I was like, look, you know, all I could see from that perspective is look who's here to support you. Right. You know, so crowds didn't intimidate me, you know, at a young age. And so I've always led my life. It, it's just that the, the issue was you're going to lead people where you head. So when I wasn't saved, I was leading people in the wrong direction. That scripture tells us blind lead the blind and, you know, everybody fall in the ditch. But by the time I had a, a grandmother who, a great grandmother actually, who actually told me about Christ at a young age, um, she was the only one that was really saved, like for real, mm-hmm. uh, in, our, in our family. And my parents used to go to New Year's uh, parties and things like that. And they would leave me at her house. And so even now, as we have uh, services going into the new year, I was part of one not knowing it when I was a kid because I would hear my grandmother praying um, and, and trusting God and different things on that from the back and showing me relationship. Um, and I remember my senior year, I was getting ready to, to go off to play football. My wife now, Kamika, we was high school sweethearts. Um, and digress back up at that piece. So I've been married now. We're going on 27 years. Wow. Uh, five children. Awesome. Um, and like I said, to, today, by the end of the day, we should be at three grandkids. <laughs> so we actually dated in high school and um, she got pregnant my senior year. And I asked, I asked God, I knew then to, to ask God for help. So I was treating them as an ATM machine. Just let me just punch in prayer and I should get some results, not thinking about this other piece. And so I remember praying. I always had some against me and not being there for the children because my dad wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, my prayer was, I said, Lord, if I go off to school, then that somebody else will be taking care of my child. And he spoke back to me and said, why Why are you only coming to me because you need something? Why you can't wow. come to me the time? That broke something in me, uh, Pastor Robinson. It, it, it showed me relationship, that God was after relationship. And so things begin to take off from there. I, I declined, continue to play football, which was my main thing. Um, and it's like I was in I, in college. Every two years, I would get promoted somewhere or another inside of the church that I was in. And it just took off from there. Um, yeah, and it's crazy because what you, what you just said was you would just punch in when you wanted something. And I think that's what a lot of people is doing. It's like they're asking God for things and they were trying to find out why these prayers isn't getting answered. Well, you got to spend time with God. You have to have, have to have a relationship with him. This isn't something like you just clock in and clock out. Like, okay, God, I got it in. Now I can ask something from you and expecting right. for you to do it. Um, and um, unfortunately, there are some things that hinders people's prayers as well. You know, you thinking that your prayer getting answered and God don't hear you because you are far from him. And we have to also remember that his word says that in the end times, you know, when, when people come before him, he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You know, you work of iniquity. And these people right. are going to be people who um, pastored, you know, who people who um, had gave prophetic words, did deliverances. It's going to be a lot of people that is going to be turned away. But yep. it's going to have to start with, um, for those who's listening, you're going to have to have that connection with God. You have to get connected with him and have a relationship with him. And so you were talking about football and like how you had to turn that opportunity down. Was, was that one of those struggles like throughout life like as you started having more kids that you would think about football or was one of the things you're just like okay it just didn't happen 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you, from the time I was four or five years old, my dream was to make it to the NFL. Mm -hmm. So now get to, you know, at, at 18, 13 years of playing, now you're faced with uh, a situation where God told me, he said, either you can do what I want you to do or you can do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. That was said the word football, but inside of my spirit, I knew that that's, that is what he was challenging me with. Will you give up this to accept what I want to do in your life? And so I chose, I chose him. It, it's, it's as if the, the passion that I had for football shifted over to just doing his way. I wouldn't even say ministry. It was just, I just want to be in the perfect will of God for my life, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, and with that same passion, I still do sports. I, I coach over for 20 years, but it wasn't for me to make it to the NFL as you probably aware my oldest son's playing and I remember him being five years old running down the field and God spoke to me and said what you see uh, what you did not get a chance to do you'll see through him wow. and so I bring that back to him now and, and the church uh, people who've been at the church that long can say that I, I, I mentioned that uh, back then and now he's well that's 20 years ago you know people can say oh this person will be this this and this but to see it actually come to pass and even working through now help him understand that god's giving you a platform that he might be glorified and if you can't do that then he he can care less about you running touchdowns or being known or money that's not god's agenda it's about him being glorified and it comes back to that place of relationship yeah and, and what it just fell into my spirit is that it's like god passed the torch because you were obedient he passed that torch that you really desired and wanted and passed it on to your son for him to live out the dream that you you wanted to to have and now you're able to see that you know it's like even though it's not physically you but that's your that's your seed out there that's your son so it probably still gives you somewhat of the same excitement to even see him living the dream that you know you you once had um and so what was it for you when you was like you really have the, well i guess what i'm trying to ask is what was the main thing for you when you really hit rock bottom and you truly was like i'm going full force with god i'm not playing with him no more i'm not no longer doing a clock in clock out like i'm moving moving into this thing right here this, this ministry open up this church what was it for you so just as we talked about a little bit last week on my 16th birthday uh, I was at church and they were talking about going to hell. And they said, if you confess Christ, then you won't go. So yeah, I did that day. Um, but it wasn't for a relationship purpose. It, it was for fire insurance because I didn't want to burn. Right. Okay. So um, it wasn't until that, that almost two years later that God dealt with me as it relates to relationship. I seen other people have it. I seen uh, my mom have it. I seen my grandmother have it. I seen other people have a relationship with God. But as far as myself, I never considered that could be me. Um, and it was at that breaking point where I had to choose between football. I had to choose between what to do if I'm becoming a father. And he hit the very central things of my heart. And, and now I had to choose and put him before everything and everybody. And it was at that moment that I would say um, everything shifted for me. Okay, so I want to ask you about purpose because I know you are a person who speaks about purpose um, often and I wanted to ask you for someone right now who's struggling with their purpose. It's like they're battling between the two. How can they identify knowing that this is God telling them to do it versus their own will that wants to do it? First, we have to go back and define what purpose is. I, I like to define purpose as God's original intent. In other words, is when he, as scripture helped us understand that we was in the bosom of God before we came into the earth. And so according to Genesis 1, 26, the Bible says, let us make man after our image and after our likeness. There, we see that us, which shows the fact that it's plural, so there's more than one. Mm -hmm. At that moment, we see the divine counsel of God in operation. So if God has, has made Zacchaeus, 
he gave your spirit an assignment, right? The issue is that your spirit and soul was both there, but your flesh was. Your, your flesh does not come uh, gathered together with your spirit and soul until you enter your mother's womb, right? right. And you comes out and you, you are birthed. And so that's where the, the conflict happens. Your spirit is, as scripture tells us, your spirit is willing, but it's a flesh that's weak. Your flesh wasn't there in that conversation. So now throughout life, things are happening and now something would jar your spirit as a reminder, you've heard this before. So even as you shared when you was in, our, in, in the service that day, you gave your life to the Lord. What, what I said to you, your spirit probably, your, your, your flesh, I'm sorry, probably heard it for the first time, but your spirit had already heard it before. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what gave you the option is that the, the spirit of God that was on the inside of me spoke to your spirit like he had before you, you, you was clothed with flesh. And so we look at purpose. We got to understand what was God's original intent. We, it's not that God is, 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 is making it up as, as we go. He already has your purpose designed. Now, the issue is, just like we just shared, Zacchaeus' flesh gets in the way. She don't understand purpose. Your, your right. flesh is... Hey, it's been going, you've been letting me rule all of this time. Don't start letting the spirit rule, okay? <laughs> so now your spirit is not strong. You haven't gotten in the word. You, ha you don't have a, a consistent prayer life. You do not live in according to scripture. So your spirit man is weak. Your flesh, your, I mean, your soul is the, the middle part of us, your mind, will, your emotions. And it it it, it goes at the place, the seat of your choosing. That's where we make our decisions. But whoever rules between your flesh and your spirit dictates which direction you go Okay, and so now you have people who are intrigued by the word purpose, but they're not going back to the one to find who gave them the purpose. So it's impossible, and I believe this with everything on the inside of me, it's impossible for us to fulfill the thing that God has ordained without God. Amen. And so since God is a universal word, people will put anything you have first in your life is your God. But that doesn't mean that's a God who created you. That doesn't mean that's a God of heaven and earth. And so what, what's in operation in that time? You have to deal with now. What we have to look at is what I what I uh, believe my, my assignment is, deals with perversion. Perversion means to deviate from God's original intent. So it's complete opposite of what purpose it is. Many people cannot walk into their purpose because they haven't dealt with the spirit of perversion. Mm. So we spirit perversion then your purpose become clear and, and and even to to this perspective that if you look over your life i guarantee you your pain will point you into your purpose your yes. misery will point you into your ministry so if you the enemy does not wait until zakia becomes aware of who she is before he fights you he attacks you wins beats you down take you through all of this he doesn't wait until you come into the knowledge of but what he does not uh it seems like he does not get is he's actually showing you what's on the inside of you. Your warfare points you into the direction in which the enemy uh, want to deviate you from. And so if you look at the things that you be, I'm not talking about self-induced things. I'm talking about stuff that life just happens. Mm -hmm. So if I'm around that, then it actually points me into the direction that God really want to use me in. But until I come into the awareness of of his surrendering and now giving my life over to him for the purpose of relationship and not just to get stuff, that is when you begin a person begins to walk into that purpose. It's not about fame. It's not about how many likes I get, how many reposts, how many friends, how many followers. That's all that is deception. Because you can have a person that has one follower, but they right in the middle of God's perfect will for their life. You can yeah. have somebody that, that has a million and they're totally off. So we can't use the matrix of social media to gauge whether we're in the will of God or not, or how many people recognize us, or how many people know us. It, the thing that I like to ask is, can you move heaven? Can it do you disturb hell? Do when you when you 
declare, do you shake things in the spirit realm? So I may not be known in the natural, but if I'm known in the spirit realm, then I'm fine with that. That means I can produce results. I can get things done and accomplished to break yokes in people's lives. So, uh, you know, I said a lot within that. No, no, you're good. And I like that. I'm really enjoying this, especially that last part, because I think a lot of people, they get caught up on okay, I need to be known. I need to know, you know, have all these likes, like you said. And then it's like, then they start to lose what God is trying to give them. Um, just right. like what, what it came to me, like, I, it's like, I always knew what God has called me to do because, you know, you got people with prophetic giftings and they're like, it's like they come and they confirm to you what you already know. And then it's like, okay, right. I need to, I got to get moving. And then when you make that move, because we don't see it moving fast enough or because it's not looking like, we're, it's like we're comparing it to someone else that is known. It's like, okay, as long as I touch that one, Okay, remember Jesus, he he says that he will leave the 99 to come get that one. And it's like, as long as you're getting that one or that two, that's all that matters because there's going to be someone that's going to hear hear the message that they need, just like today. Um, there's going to be someone that tunes into this, that got the Holy Spirit is going to lead them to turn this on and they're going to be listening like, wow, this, this is for me. Like, I needed to hear this. It's like, God know exactly what we need when we need it. And... We have to be careful that we're not deceived because social media itself will place people in a box. Okay. And then it's like, yeah, you got worldviews, but what is the Holy Spirit saying? And right. one thing that you said that, um, that, you know, like, can you shake up the, you know, the, the demonic realm? And there's one right. in particular time I'm going to share with you is like, I was in the gym one day, you know, I'm just trying to work out. You know, I'm trying to mind my business <laughs> you know as i was trying to do and yeah. i'm literally on the treadmill i'm not doing anything just working out on the treadmill and i hear this lady begin to shout and i'm like it startled me and i'm like what is going on over here for a minute i thought she was on the phone not realizing god began to prompt me to pray and began to prompt me to silence what was happening and yeah. i did that and i and i went over and i spoke to her and i was you know and you could tell she was tensed and she said she was on the phone and i was like okay well let me give you my number maybe i can talk to you minister to you some more she's like oh i don't have my phone i was like okay so you wasn't on the phone you were literally shouting with these spirits and the wow. crazy thing is is like literally when i go to the gym and i do see her she's quiet and silent but it's like I, if, even if I walk towards her, she begins to shout. Those spirits begin to be shaken. And um, I was like, wow, like, okay, God, like, this is the authority that I'm holding. And I'm not saying that to boast. I'm saying this very humble, but it comes with spending time with God, knowing who yeah. you are and knowing what God called you to do. Um, and so, you know, that's one thing that me and my husband work in is um, deliverance. And it's something that I love because it's setting people free. Um, and I wanted to ask you because you are a great leader. Okay. I see that you, I don't know if you still do it, but you used to have, um, I believe it was like a woman's um, tackle football or something like that. There you were doing at one point. I don't know. Yeah, we still doing it. So um, you have that. What else is it that you, that you have going on outside of um, church? So we have uh, one of the things that we're uh, uh, super proud of is our Tamar ministry. Tamar deals with uh, those who have been affected by sexual abuse. Uh, it, it is it derives from the story of David and his uh, first daughter. Her name is Ashley Tamar, who ends up being um, raped by her older brother Amnon. They had separate brothers, but David was uh, the common denominator of them being brothers and sisters. Um, and with that, God has given us the opportunity to really dive into uh, sexual perversion and helping people get free from um, the money strongholds that have occurred through uh, being uh, sexual abused. So we've seen that tremendous, um, for now, this will be year 19 that we've wow. been serving. 
Um, we've also branched out and, and began to partner with uh, people that actually help individuals who've been sex trafficked. Um, but one of the things I want to share in line with Tamar is uh, that the grandmother that I was talking about, um, she who first told me about Christ. She she was my great grandmother. My 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 father's mother died when he was three, and so her mother took him in. Who's my great grandmother? Born in 1904, and about three years ago, if not four years ago, I'm um, talking to my dad, and he says, "Well, you know, Mama had um, Mama got raped and had Mom, which." I knew that he was, he called his great grandmother mother because she raised him, but he referred to his biological mother, and that just blew it just like blew my head up. I had never heard that ever, and so what I began to do some research, and I went down to the uh, Georgia uh, archives and began to look up um, my grandmother's dad, and right on my great grandmother's obituary says Ida Shelf. My great grandmother's name was Nipper. Her last name was uh, Nipper. It was, it was um, Rollins. Then it was uh, Reynolds. I'm sorry. Then it, no, Riggins. Then it was Nipper. She got married. So come to find out, uh, long story short, I looked it up and come to find out is a guy by the name of William Shelley. He was born in, in 1876, 100 years before me. Mm. I was born in 1976. He was 43 years old and he raped my great grandmother when she was 13. And this is based upon the census that I found. Wow. So she had my she had my grandmother at 14 years old. Two weeks after turning 14, she gave birth to my grandmother. Uh, and, my, and I didn't know that my grandmother was a, a product of a rape. Here I am helping rape victims for right. 15 years. Didn't even know it. Had the slightest idea. And it just wow. gave the more... Uh, fire inside of me um pastor robinson because the thing that i've come to recognize is so my great-grandfather was a rapist hmm. right he was born 100 years before me the, the number 100 means fulfillment of a seed i come 100 years later after him and here i am the very thing that he did to bring my grandmother here i'm helping people get free from wow you, you cannot plan that you cannot tell me that there's not a god for this man to commit this act against my great grandmother. He was 30 years older than her. And I come behind 100 years later at the time that he was born. And now my assignment is to help people get free from the very thing that he helped bring into our blood. Wow, that, that's amazing. The crazy thing is, is um, my mother, um, father is a product of rape. And so that opened up a lot of um, molestation in our family for the women end up being molested because of of that so that comes into like those generational curses that can open up but for you yours was a little bit different it's like god did this spin we're a quick spin and you're actually helping people that went through that um one thing i do want to ask you is because a lot of people today they're trying to hear from god they're trying to hear from him to know their purpose they're trying to hear from him you know just on different matters how do you hear from god what is a way that you hear from god and how do you teach your congregation to hear from god well, you said uh, a couple of things earlier. You made reference to uh, St. John uh, 931. It's the day that worship God must worship in spirit and the truth. Um, and so now we come to a place that we hear God. That's uh, We're a tripart being. We serve a tri triune God. We are a spirit that houses a soul inside of a body. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a spirit that we hear 
hear God. Now, everybody do. That's the thing about it. even not being saved. Everybody do. We fast or we rewind a little bit and we look at Isaiah 59. It says your um, your sins and iniquities have separated you from your God that he would not hear you. It doesn't mean that that God is is, is unable to hear. It says that he his, his ear is not too heavy. His arm is not too short that he cannot save. His ear is not too heavy that he cannot hear. But your sins and iniquities have separated you from him. Which points to the fact that now we find out that my ability to hear God doesn't start at the moment that I'm trying to hear. It starts at the moment that I start to live as it relates to communication, as it relates to uh, intimacy. And so as we were sharing in the beginning, a person has to make up in their heart that, that I don't want to be religious. In, in other words, that I can be doing something over and over again. If I cut my grass every every Monday and every Friday, I can say religiously I cut my grass, right? Mm -hmm. But move to this place of relationship and we talk about this intimacy as you just as you stated earlier that God will say the song depart from me work of iniquity I never knew you it's not talking about a head knowledge because God is omniscient he's all known so that that is not what he's referring to he's referring to the fact that there is there was no intimacy with us you did a lot of stuff but we didn't have intimacy together and, and intimacy I like to define as into me you see wow so provided this opportunity for us to get to know him in an intimate way but it requires me putting him first it's going to require me giving up something that i have in the place of where he should be in my heart um and i share this with people all the time i don't care if you're married do not put nothing above god he has to be first that is why even in scripture god can be called a jealous god without that being a negative that he can have a righteous jealousy why because he's the only one that deserves the right to be first so everybody hears from God. The problem, uh, Pastor Robinson, is they're not able to have a full, uh, effective um, dialogue with him because they are stuck on stop. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by that? If I'm not living right, God is not going to reveal purpose. He's not going to reveal destiny. He, he's not going to reveal to me my assignment. That, that's not going to happen. And right. that, you mentioned about the prophetic. The problem is that I found a lot when people have to give a prophet, uh, prophetic gift. And all that is, is the mind of God migrating down to the mind of man. I believe every believer can operate in the prophet. Everybody's not called to be a prophet, but everybody should be at a place where God speaks to you, give you his mind, and you're able to articulate what God has just said to you. So that's, that's it's, it's simple. It's just like breathing, right? But the problem is, a lot of people are immature in their gifting. They'll see something in a person, and I think it's dangerous to tell a person about their assignment without first dealing with their lifestyle. Mm. Because now I'm held accountable for what I know. So if you tell me what purpose is, but you don't confront my character, you set me up for failure, right? Okay. Now, if I just take off and try to do the thing that you said because of an unction, but not rely on the Holy Spirit, then you're, you're teaching that person or you're encouraging that person. They can get it done by themselves. How can I get something done by myself when I'm not the one who gave it to me? That's impossible. We understand the concept of having your phone. Everybody walks around with a charger. They're going to have a charger somewhere, access to a station, charging station, all of this, right? They want to keep that phone charged. <laughs> right. Here's what everybody understands. I can unplug my phone and it's useful. Mm hmm but one day it's going to die. Right. At some point it's going to die, right? And so now that's what's happened with man. Gifts and calls were without repentance. I led my whole life. I was called to be a leader, but I was leading in the wrong direction, right? So I didn't get saved and start leading. I've been leading my whole life, right? God, so God didn't take away my ability to lead. He didn't take away my ability to talk. He didn't take away my ability to articulate myself. He didn't. I remember being in school and people were calling me about their problem. I was counseling people 
in high school. I wouldn't say, but I was still, hey, you, you should do this. I'm not saying the information was right, but I was still sharing, right? Right. And so, so we, we can all attest to those things. And so now when a person is asking, can I hear from God? Yeah, you hear from him. He, he, he comes to you in subtle ways. You may hear something tell you don't do that. Now, and here's what's crazy. Why, where would that come from when you have set your heart to do it? That's the Holy Spirit, right? And so now you may, something may, people say stuff like, I felt this in my gut because they don't understand the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what I was thinking. People say, oh, it was my conscience. No, that was the Holy Spirit. (laughs) A lot of people don't want to, don't want to believe in the Holy Spirit. Like, oh no, that was my conscience. I just felt it. It's like, where do you think that feeling comes from? That comes from God, the gift of discernment, because everyone is not um, able to have that gifting, you know, um, especially the gift of discernment. A lot of stuff would not happen if people had that gift. And I don't even want to call it a gift. Sometimes it's just common sense. <laughs> but it's like God shows us. It's like he shows us things through people before it even have to escalate. Um, like some people, they end up in relationships that, that they should not have ended up in, in marriages that they shouldn't have ended up in because God has showed them their character beforehand. He showed them their fruits. He showed them everything. But because sometimes they step into things a little bit too soon, they become blinded. Emotions get tied. You got soul ties that happen and then it's like now you're in this thing full-blown and now you're finally seeing who this person is after you had a kid or two and it's like why did we why do we have to go around this whole circle like the israelites year after year after year and it's like god has already showed us the way he's already you know he's used people to speak to you because a lot of times it's not that that we don't hear him is that we are ignoring him. We're ignoring the 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 counsel that comes in. Where it's like, no, I want to do it my way, you know. And that's just like how Satan got kicked out of heaven. He wanted to, you know, be over God. He, you know, and all these things he said in his heart. He didn't even, you know, openly say it with his mouth. He said it in his heart that he wants to be above God. And it's like we cannot be above God. We cannot be above anything you know we need to seek him seek ye first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added unto you and we have when we begin to seek him he began to show us our purpose he began to show us the visions that he had for us and it's like he will stop us from making these mistakes if we literally seek him in prayer and fasting oh my gosh fasting people think that's just like an ugly word <laughs> like fast how, how long like fast okay deny the food push the plate away you will live um but you know you are a great uh leader a great pastor um and you know it's just so crazy that um you know how this world is it's like you're all the way in atlanta i'm all the way in tallahassee and how i was able to connect through you by meeting my husband um before we get off i want to um talk to you about how do you grow your faith if there's someone out there right now that's um struggling with belief um how can they get onto the path that god has for them you know with faith absolutely uh i want to piggyback off something that you mentioned absolutely um, and talk about prayer, we, we got to include uh, the, the word peace. So it, it's, it's as simple as, number one, I believe you have to make up your mind. Yes, as you said, with relationships, all right? And, and definitely what gets, I think, women in trouble. Women have the capacity to be relational, all right? I have a one-year-old daughter. 
she grabs, she's now gravitating to dolls and stuff. And we recognize that she 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 is uh, interested in that. In other words, what's she saying? I'm interested in a relationship. I want to mm-hmm. interact with something. Okay. So so women has a, a unique gift to do it. Not excluding men, but it, it, women have been cultivated of relationships. Um, women think about marriage. Five years old, six years old. Think about what their wedding is going to be. Boys don't do that. They plan with Tonka trucks and footballs and things on that standpoint. Right. So it so it's driven in you anyway, right? And so when you talked about um, being in a relationship with people that we should not have, that the other piece is I believe that now once you find out that a person is not right, you think about all the time you have invested and you're determined to make it work. That's actually faith. It's just from a negative perspective, right? It's mm-hmm. that you regardless of what we go through, I'm gonna make this relationship work. Work. I really want to be with him now. Pastor Robinson, if, if if people would take that same motivation and, and now put it toward God, you'll have some serious men and women of God. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it, it, it's only when we get to God that when things don't go our way, now we're not sure. Now we don't roll with baby daddies and baby moms and went through all of for 20 years. But when it comes to God, after three months, we're not sure. Right? So now, now he begins, we have to make up in our mind, I really want this relationship piece. And you're gonna to have to do those components that you said. I think, I think definitely prayer. That's something that my great grandmother taught me. And I, and my testimony is that I pray every day uh, for, for 23 and a half years without missing a day. So I'm not talking about something I read in the book. I'm talking about my life. Right. That that now, as you spend time with God in prayer, that that's based that's simply communication. There are different types of prayer, but I'm talking about basic communication. Just as you and I are talking right now, the more we talk, the more you recognize my voice. The more I recognize your voice. So it's not even about looking at the phone anymore. I say, oh, I know who that is. Or I, you can your stuff can be playing with another interview. And if I'm walking by the computer at the time that it's playing, I can stop and say, oh, that's that's Pastor Robinson. Why? Because I'm I'm in tune with your voice, and that's right. what prayer. Prayer gives us that tuning of what God's voice is. The other component is getting into the Word. The Word is it, 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 it what builds depth in us. So if we look at a palm tree, one of the reasons palm trees, you're down in Florida, can survive things is that when we look at how high the tree is, it is that deep as well up under the ground. And so that's what that's what most people fail to realize that they they are not interested in growing like this. God wants us to get into the Word, to grow down, and then then in my prayer life I grow up. So what you see on the top part, I should be have that much depth underneath, right? Right. right. And I think a lot of people just make it harder than what it is. Like, how do I pray to God? Like, just talk to Him. Talk to Him. Like, tell Him your concerns. Voice to Him how you feel. You don't have to come to my, thus says the Lord. <laughs> you know, you don't have to do all that. It's not like this extra thing you have to do. Like, if you feel like you're, all you can do is just cry. Like, just cry in His presence. He is, He knows exactly what you're feeling. Sometimes you don't have to say words. You can just mourn. And He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you're going through. And so, yeah. for someone who's listening right now, and you're trying to figure out, like, okay, I want to try this prayer thing start with being honest with him about what you're going through if you are having a faith issue say God I'm having trouble right now having faith can you reveal to me give me something that you know what I'm saying act like give me a dream give me a vision you know make yourself real to me so that I no longer lack faith um, you know you just have to be honest with him or if you're dealing with a temptation or something that is causing you to not want to Get close to him. Ask him to give you a distaste for the, the things that you that you desire, because a lot of times when you go to him, it's like you're just trying to do a real quick prayer and then you're out. No, 
tell him what you're going through. Be honest with him. I don't want to give up this worldly things. I need you to make me dislike these things that I love. Um, yeah. And he will do that. It's going to take time, just like it took time for you to build up to where you at. It's going to take time, but you have to keep on pressing through. Keep on That's pressing through. 11, help us understand. The Bible says he's a reward to them that diligently seek him. Yes. So the issue is not that we people don't pray. They're just not consistent. Yeah. So there's a promise that he, he says in his word that he's going to give you just by you being diligent. And so guess what the enemy's going to fight? He's not going to fight you praying once. He's not going to fight you praying twice. But he will fight you being diligent and covering a whole week. And then that week turns into a month. And that month turns into a year. And before you know it, and just like you're saying, because it's relationship, you're not counting. You're just simply doing it because you you want to do it and you, you sense the need to do it. Yes, so that's absolutely awesome. And then the last component that you said is fasting. Yes. What fasting doing is getting that flesh out of the way. So that thing that we were talking about earlier that wasn't there when God gave me my assignment. Right. Is the, it's, and Paul says, and no, in my flesh dwell no good thing. We got to put that thing on a subjection. So all fasting is doing is not moving God, it's moving us. Yes. It's saying, you're going to rise up no matter what level we're at. You're going to want your own way. And fasting says, no, we're going to do it this way. And so you're now training your spirit to be stronger than the temptation of your flesh. Yes. So by those three components, I promise that person will get results. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on, Pastor Shelley. Real quick, um, if someone is in Atlanta and they're looking for a church or moving to Atlanta, where can they find you if they wanted to visit your church? Great. I'll tell them they can go in and uh, you can Google us, the hand, the hand of the Lord International. We are at 1399 Austin Drive. For those who are familiar with the Decatur area, we're right off the exit of 285 and Covenant Highway. We're directly off the exit. So um, our services start at 930 on Sunday. We went back to one. But we are online, so feel free that you can uh, go to our YouTube page and, and follow Yaquas Shelly Ministries. That's Y-A-Q-U-I-S-S-H-E-L-L-E-Y Ministries, and you can catch up on some of the services. Awesome. And I don't know if you've already written a book, but you got a book and you got books inside of you. I don't know if you realize that, but um, you have a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge. And um, I just want to thank you again for taking the time out to come and speak to us. I really hope that this message blessed someone out there that's listening. And again, this is Pastor Zakia Robinson with Be The Light. And I hope to see you all on the next show.